As we look ahead this year, no matter what's ahead, let's hold fast to the hope that's set before us. Christ, the sure and steady anchor. You're listening to a special message preached at Shoreline Church. For more audio or theological content, or to learn more about Jesus, visit thisisshoreline.com. Let's come back together, everyone. I have the privilege this morning of starting us off. Happy New Year to everyone again. It's great to be back. Katrina and I and the kids had a great time up in Pennsylvania with Katrina's family. Saw a little bit of snow. It was cold, you know, just enough to experience that and then to come back, right? Um, So we enjoyed our time, but we're looking forward to be back to start the new year with you all. Uh, Here at Shoreline, uh, usually the first two Sundays of the year are very special. Um, Not only are we excited uh, about the new year together, but we take some time to focus uh, on some crucial things. Uh, And last week, Pastor Pilgrim uh, encouraged us in our prayer lives, something that many of us need to grow on, don't we? Um, It's a perfect way to start the new year. Um, and I'm, I was so thankful that we had a special prayer meeting at the port as well. Um, and it's really the best way to start off 2020 uh, as we get ready for that. But also, at the end of the year, end of each year, uh, the elders get together and we spend a whole t- day together in prayer. We spend a whole day together looking back at the previous year, assessing it, um, looking at um, some, some joys, um, what we saw the Lord do, also things that um, we can improve on and some things that we'd like to um, see change or some new things to happen. And then we, we pray for the following year, the upcoming year. Uh, and we kind of plan things out. We look through God's word. We, we um, plan what uh, the, the vision is going to be for the year, um, some things we'd like to see accomplished. And so this morning, all three of us have the privilege um, to share. My part here is to remind us uh, what God has done back in 2019. Uh, and Pastor Marcos is going to come up right after me, and he's going to share about some changes um, that are happening in his family's life in 2020. Uh, and then Pastor Pilgrim is going to finish us off, going to share our theme for the year, uh, along with some other things that we're looking forward to. Uh, so as we get into this this morning, let's just be reminded once again from Psalm 40 uh, that we started out with this morning. Just verse 5, we'll read that again. David says, you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. That's the truth that we have to hold on to, um, that we can look forward to each new year with that hope and that trust. His wondrous deeds and his thoughts toward us, none can compare with that. It's easy to compare ourselves with the world. It's easy to compare ourselves with our neighbors, with our friends. But when we look at God's heart, his desire for growth in us to be sanctified, um, to be um, growing complete in his son and what he has for us, nothing can compare to that. 
And I love verse 3 as well, where it says, He put a new song out of my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Not just because it's talking about music, but because of the next two lines. It says, Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. What does that tell us? That tells us that uh, if we are saved, if we are walking in the Spirit, then people are going to notice. It says, Many will see and fear and trust the Lord. So He gives us that new song, He gives us that new hope, but of course, we know it's not something, it's not a song we sing to ourselves in our head, right, or in the shower. It's a song of salvation that we're singing and displaying and sharing with those around us. And so that's why those two are connected. But as we look at last year, I'm going to divide these highlights up into two categories. First, God's family and then God's resources. And, and keep in mind this morning that these are just highlights um, I know there are many, many ways. There are ways that the Lord has worked in your lives and maybe even in this church that we're not uh, aware of and we won't be aware of until sometime in the future when we get to glory. But we know that God is working. Um, and honestly, there's just not enough time to recount everything one by one what the Lord has done. So these are some highlights. First, God's family. And to bracket this with God's word, Romans 12, verse 10 through 13 says this. Love one another with brotherly affection, Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And we've seen these things happen as we look back at 2019. Here's some things we're encouraged by. First, we're encouraged by individual growth in some of you that we've seen. Uh, we are blessed as a church to have um, a, a uh, good balance of demographics, right? Um, we've got a solid contingent of young marrieds and young families. We've got a solid contingent of middle-aged families whose kids are growing up. And then we've got our senior saints as well, a solid contingent of those that we're very thankful for. So that's really great. That's what we want to see in a church. We don't want just a young church. We don't just want uh, an older church. We need to have um, the, the body of Christ represented uh, in every age. And so we've been encouraged by how the Lord is working in each of those age groups. Um, specifically for us, Katrina and I, we've been encouraged by um, a lot of our newly married couples and those um, are, are, are new babies that are being born. I and mean, it's just amazing to see. Um, both Katrina Myself, Pilgrim and Jen, Marcos and Melissa, we've all had a chance um, to counsel with, to encourage, um, to do pre-marriage counseling, to do new marriage counseling with a lot of our couples. And that's really encouraged to see uh, young folks that their desire, uh, right as they get married, is to dedicate their marriage to the Lord um, and live their marriage in light of what Christ has done. That's really exciting. In an age when marriage is... Um, not even spoken of, not needed, relegated to the trash heap. It's encouraging to see a new generation rising up that is excited about biblical marriage. Um, also, we're excited um, and thankful for, not excited, but thankful for those who have gone through trials in our church and how they've responded to it. Um, we have several families that um, have gone through some really tough trials. One uh, one family right now, I can think of even this morning, that is going through a tough trial in their family. And yet we're encouraged by their faith and trust in the Lord. How they turn to scripture. How they look to that for hope. How they um, come and seek wise counsel for those, from those around them. That's what we love to see. Of course, we don't love to see trials and, and tribulations. Um, but that's a chance for God's glory to be displayed. 
that's a chance for God to teach us through those things. So we can't never look at those trials as a mistake or a waste. Uh, and then we've also um, just specifically seen really strong spiritual growth in a number of people, um, both young and old. Um, those who um, either are new in their faith and they're, they're coming to realize what the Christian looked, life looks like or even um, are older in their faith, but God's word um, has been speaking to them in a new way. And so they're getting involved more and they're really desiring to serve the Lord. That's encouraging to see. Um, secondly, we're encouraged by the families that have come from Bridgeway. I know we've mentioned that um, many times, um, but uh, to have a church uh, fail to close, that's a tough thing. Um, and so we've been encouraged to see a bunch of these families come in and start to get involved. Of course, um, they were around, they were kind of experiencing the church, figuring it out for the first couple months, but now a number of them have gotten involved both on worship team and kids ministry and other things. And so that's where we're excited to see. We're excited to see their heart for the Lord, that they're solid in the gospel. Uh, and, and that's been a great encouragement to us as the church. Also, we're encouraged uh, to kick off our Sunday fellowship lunches this last year. Uh, once a month, that first Sunday uh, where we meet at the port and we have lunch and fellowship together. If you haven't come to one of those yet, please do. Uh, we'd love to get to know you better. It'll be a chance for you to share your life with other shoreliners to encourage each other. And the next one's coming up in just a couple weeks. So that's a new thing that we've been excited about. Also, our community groups. Uh, we've been excited to have new community groups start, new hosts, new leaders. And we've done, as you've, as you've noticed, we've kind of played around with the community group format. Uh, when uh, we first started community groups, it was based on uh, the sermon, Pastor Pilgrim's sermon. We would just go deeper into the sermon, and that was great. And then we said, okay, well, let's change it up. Let's go through some books. And so we, uh, we all, all the groups went through different books. Some were on church history, some were on uh, Christian life, um, some were on marriage and parenting, um, and that was great. And then this last time, we said, okay, let's, let's just go through God's Word together. Let's have all the groups go through the same book. And so we picked one of the easiest, um, easiest, lightest books um, to do in Ezekiel. <laughs> and uh, we, <laughs> that was, it was heavy, wasn't it? Um, There's some parts in that book that are extremely hard to read out loud. Um, it is a very tough book. It's a tough book to understand. Of course, it gets into eschatology and future things and God's purpose for Israel, God's purpose for the church, all these different things. Um, and there's a lot of history of the Israelites in there as well. But we went through it, and we were encouraged by it. We were encouraged to see God's hand and to have a new sense of reverence and awe for who God was. And this next time in community group, we're going we're gonna to change it again back to one of our other formats, and we'll hear more about that soon. But we've been encouraged by community groups. I know Katrina and I, I, I know all of us who have been hosts, we were blessed by those that come to, into our home. We get to know them more. We get to hear what the Lord is doing in their life. We get to share food together and share and talk about God's word. It's just amazing. Another thing that we're thankful for is how we've kind of had a, a focused order of service as we've, we've started printing these each, each Sunday. And so we wanted to just tighten that up a little bit. And we want the gospel to be proclaimed and displayed clearly in each step of our service. And so that's why um, we have 
revelation, adoration, and then proclamation of God's word, supplication through prayer, dedication, and commission in the benediction. That's why all those things, all those things flow together, centered around God's word, centered around as much as we can around what Pastor Pilgrim is teaching through. So we're thankful for that. Also, we're thankful for connections, new connections with other churches in the area. Of course, our sister church is Calvary Chapel, Sarasota, and we will always have a strong relationship with them. We're thankful for them. But we've come to know two other churches, and um, you've heard them, both Northwest Baptist in West Bradenton and Cornerstone Baptist in Sarasota. Uh, And it's been great to see the pastors come together, the leaders come together from these churches. We've been able to collaborate on some things, and there's going to be more collaborations in the future. And in fact, Pastor Paul uh, from Cornerstone, he's going to be preaching here, I believe, in March. So you'll get to hear from him, uh, get to know him a little bit. So we're very thankful for these churches. Also in ministry growth, not just individual growth, but in growth in different ministries. Particularly, we've seen growth in all of our ministries, but particularly in kids' ministry um, and also in worship ministry as well. We've seen new volunteers come in. Of course, we've had a lot more kids come in as well. Um, So we're very thankful for that. But we're also thankful for some who have stepped up and joined this vital ministry. And also worship ministry as well. We're thankful for the team that we have, that we can rotate folks in and out. And we've had some folks from Bridgeway join the team. And and of course, Elaine, who is up here. Elaine um, and Melissa, who plays violin. She was new last year. So we're very thankful for that. Adds so much um, to our music ministry. And then finally, uh, one of the last things that we're thankful for in this category is our trip that, and our partnership with Engage Global. Uh, if you haven't heard or you don't know what Engage Global is, it's a great missions opportunity uh, for local churches to go up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, and to be taught how, what God's heart is for the world, and then go and experience that. Go and experience, go into Somali areas, Muslim areas of Minneapolis, and go into more Asian, Hmong, um, Buddhist areas of Minneapolis, and learn culture, uh, and, and look at bridges and barriers to the gospel. How can we reach these groups? Um, that are so culturally different, both, both language and culture. Um, so we were really encouraged by the trip we took, and we're going to be taking, Lord willing, uh, at least one trip a year, uh, maybe two, but we want to keep doing that because we think it's so vital for our church uh, to understand what God's heart is for the world. So those are some of the things that we're thankful for in God's family. Next, God's resources. And I'm calling this God's resources because we know that whatever we have, finances, property, other assets, it all belongs to the Lord. It all comes from him, and we are all required to be good stewards of what he gives us. And it's especially true as we look at our church and what the Lord has provided through his people. Uh, in First Chronicles 29, we see uh, David praising the Lord for the generosity of the Israelites. And he says this in verse 14. All things come from you, and we have given you, listen to this, only what comes from your hand. Did you catch that? Only what comes from God's hand. Only what he has already given us. That's what we're, that's what we're giving back to the church, to him, and to others. We have to remember that um, because it's so easy to hold on to our stuff. Um, it's so, so easy to be possessive, overly possessive of our things and forget that, wait a minute, this is the Lord who has provided this for me. And we easily get caught up in our, uh, what we feel is our own strength, our own accomplishments. But we know that it's God who does all these things. And of course, you know 2 Corinthians 9, 7 as well. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, uh, not reluctantly or under compulsion, 
for God loves a cheerful giver. So thank you for giving cheerfully uh, over this last year. Um, And so some financial highlights for us. As you know, we've been saving, we've been putting away money uh, for a future place of our own, uh, and we've actually been able to save more than we uh, anticipated. Our goal was to save to $100,000 this year. We've been able to go over that, just by a little bit, but we've been able to go over that. So that is exciting. So we're we're very thankful for that. because you have been giving so cheerfully, we've been able to um, support and give James, our youth director, a little bit more money. We're not able to, um, to pay him full time, um, but we were able to give him a raise um, to be able to uh, lift the burden a little bit. He does two other part-time jobs as well as uh, running our youth ministry and our young adult playroom ministry. Um, so we're very thankful for him and Nicole, um, and we'd love to give him all kinds of money, but we can't do that, but we were thankful to give them a little bit more this year um, because of your faithful giving. Also, in the area of missions, very important, um, this year we gave a little over $34,000 to missions, and I think that deserves a round of applause um, because that's important. And so... This money is made up of both what we talk about, both our, our local ministries and our global ministries. So we support uh, s- uh, several missionaries from Global Serve International that we talk about. Uh, we have been supporting Mackenzie um, as she was over in Asia. Um, and then locally, we're supporting Bridge of Life and we're supporting CareNet. And then also newer last year was bringing Joseph on uh, and starting to support Joseph um, in a large way. And I know many of you have continued to ask about um, getting involved more with Joseph's ministry in Sarasota, and we're going to be doing that. I just need to, now that I'm back, I need to get with Joseph and and get with him and see when we can take a team to the house and work on some things. And I know I've heard that some have wanted to make meals for the guys who are going through the program, um, and we can work with that as well and talk to him. So um, being able to come alongside Joseph, I think, was was a highlight uh, for us in, in that realm this last year. So thank you um, for your giving and the large amounts of money that we're able to put towards God's kingdom, both here and around the world. Also, we've been able um, to be uh, continually be equipped. The pastors, we thank you for that. Um, because of your giving, we're able to go um, to local conferences, both Calvary Chapel conferences and others, um, to continue um, being taught ourselves to be equipped. Um, also, the, the allowance that we have to buy books, um, to buy resources that we need to study God's Word. I know Pastor Pilgrim, if you know him at all, you know he reads so much. Um, I gave him uh, a book recently, and he uh, texted me like that same day and said, I read it. I said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> write me a report. I want to see if you really read it. Um, but no, he, he's, he's a quick reader and he can go through books. And so um, we love, uh, I love books too. So we, we love the ability to be able to um, get a book when we need it um, to further our study of God's word. Uh, and then just in general, um, you all have been giving at an average about $25,000 a month. Um, and so we're very thankful for that. That is, that is huge um, to see what God has done over the years. Um, for those of you um, who are newer to the church, uh, we've been here at the Y for about five years, but we didn't start in this room. We started in one of the small rooms off the hallway, and then we came into the gym, but we only had, I was telling a, a, a friend of mine that came for the first time this morning, we had just half of the gym. We had this down, we had it um, partitioned off, and we just had half, but the Lord is by his grace, has continued to grow us. And so now we have the whole gym and 
and who knows what is going to happen soon in the future. So thank you for your cheerful giving. Um, if you have questions on any of these things, I am more than happy to talk um, through them with you. Um, don't, don't, we are an open book here at the church, so if you have any other questions, just please, please ask one of us. We'd love to talk to you about that. Um, and I also want to thank our finance team for this year, John Wilson, uh, Ken Reynolds, um, for f- providing insight uh, for us this year as we've been discussing different things. And um, most of all, though, we want to say a huge thank you, as much as a biggest thank you as we can to Laura Smoot. Um, she does just an amazing job at our bookkeeping and at keeping us all on track, compiling our reports, making sure we are legal and we're doing everything above board and right. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, Laura, so thank you very much. We love you. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to close again. Let's bracket this with God's word. Ephesians 3, uh, verses 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, this time I'm going to ask Pastor Marcos uh, to come up, and we're going to continue on. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to find my notes here. Hope you all are having a good morning. Um, Be here. Just want to make sure I'm speaking into this properly. Um, So um, I just want to say thank you to everyone um, just just for being here and just being faithful. Um... I'm very appreciative to have to be in this position. Um, although I'm not always up here very often, um, I am in the background and 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 uh, Pilgrim, Pastor Pilgrim, Pastor Mike, and I we are always meeting um, probably twice a month. So um, it's been a a pleasure, and and I, I you could probably notice that I'm saying things past tense. Um, one of the things that I'd by the way, my name is Marco Sagiar. I'm one of the pastor elders here. <laughs> Probably should say that first. Um, so before I begin, I just want to share with you all um, just a scripture that, that has been on my heart regarding um, what I'm going to share with you all today. And that's Proverbs 16.9, um, which reads, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Um, so what I'm here to just explain is that my family and I will be moving to North Carolina. Um, and it is a, definitely a bittersweet um, news uh, because we've been blessed to be here. Um, and, yeah, it, it's, it's, been, it's been good. Um, and the Lord has definitely grown us, my family and I. Um, through this experience, but one of, um, what I, in, a, in a little while, in a couple of minutes, I'm just going to run you through how we got to this point today. Um, so, just so you know, we have been thoroughly praying over this decision for about a year now. Um, one of the first things that we did was come to Pastor Micah and Pastor Pilgrim to ask that they'd pray, to ask for their counsel that they would um, just be 
keeping us in mind and through this whole process because we wanted it to be led by the Lord and not to be, um, you know, just our own doing. So um, just have confidence that it has been thoroughly prayed over. Um, Another thing that I wanted to share with you is that we do have a church that we will be going to. So one of the first things that the Lord provided was a church, a home church, and and we're going to be going to the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Uh, The church is called Imago Dei, for those of you who might want to know more about it. Um, And also, I'm confident that the Lord is going to provide another elder to take my place. Um, I know we have talked about it, and it's a desire that we have. Um, We don't have any people in mind at the moment, but I know that God is going to provide for for you all, for us. Um, So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you all because um, it's important that you all have people that you can turn to uh, for counsel and people that you can turn to to help guide you and lead you in your walk. Um, and one of the things that I would like to encourage you is that you just do, do exactly that, that you would go to your leaders and seek counsel of them, ask them to be praying for you regarding the issues that you're having in your life. Be an open book so that we can know what is going on, so we can know what we need to be praying for you for, because if not, then you're kind of isolated and you don't, you know, you want to be connected. Um, the timeline is a little interesting because um, we have a home being built. Uh, so I may need to go a little earlier around March and April, but my family will be finishing school here and leaving around June. Um, so how we got to this point, so I'm going to go three years back, okay? In 2016... I approached, we came from Calvary Chapel, Sarasota. So I approached my pastor, Pastor Carl, about the idea of us coming alongside Pilgrim and Jen to help them in the ministry. Um, And for those of you who don't know, I worked with Pilgrim and Jen in the school, at Calvary Chapel School, um, and had basically been part of this church since the beginning in terms of praying over it, over it, and, and just seeing what the Lord had been doing from, from its inception. So um, I just felt like the Lord wanted us to uproot our family and come over here. And, and that was a tough decision because we were very much involved at Calvary. Um, but, you know, the Lord blessed that, and, and, and Pastor Carl prayed us off, and, and it, it, was, it was a good you know, a good experience. It was a humbling experience, to be honest with you, to, to go to, to Pastor Carl and tell him and ask him. And, and, and it was, that was also a bittersweet moment. But, um, and then uh, 2017 came along and we're here. We're focused on ministering, focused on, on helping out Pilgrim and Jenny, Pastor Pilgrim and Jenny, and, um, and just being there for whatever, you know, whatever the Lord had for us to do. And so one of the things that he had for us to do was to come alongside and take over the prayer ministry. Um, and so we did that. Um, but it was very simple. To me, it was as simple as just being here, 
being here to help and support them, um, even if I didn't have a specific specific function that I was uh, that I was providing. I was here. I was present. I was praying. I was fellowshipping, um, and just you know helping people out when they needed help. And that and that's how simple it it, it can be. You know, um, we don't have to overcomplicate things all the time. But at any rate, in 2018, then Pastor Pilgrim asked me to, you know, to pray about becoming an elder. Um, and, and that was a big deal. But I felt confident that it was the Lord leading us in this. And so I decided that this is something that we needed to do. Um, shortly thereafter, within that same year, my wife's father became sick and he was diagnosed with, with cancer, which was a a life-shaking event in our, in our home um, because it wasn't just that he was diagnosed. It was inoperable esophageal cancer, and it's, it's been rough since that point. Um, but what I realized was that we needed to be a little closer to be able to, to have that support and have that contact with her family because my wife has, n- has no family here besides me and my children and my mom who's here. So at first, we approached Pastor Pilgrim and Pastor Mike about moving back to Massachusetts. But um, after time, we realized that that wasn't going to happen. We saw that, you know, in in 2000, then fast forward to 2019, we realized financially it couldn't work. Um, and that if, I, if we moved our family, we'd literally be sacrificing our children to support her family, which is not what the Lord would want us to do. Um, so we were confident that God was closing that door. Um, and that took place around March of 2019. And then in uh, July, around July, um, the Lord just opened up this opportunity in, um, in North Carolina. And we had, I had been praying about going to seminary when I was teaching with Pilgrim, Pastor and, and we originally went to North Carolina about four years ago, four or five years ago, to see it. Um, so I don't know exactly what the Lord has in store with us in, in North Carolina, but I do know that it helps us to be closer to my wife's family, my wife, Melissa, my family, because they're my family too, um, but not too far from here, which is where my mom lives. Um, so it, it works out for us in that sense. Is it going to be hard? Yes, it's going to be extremely hard. Um, it's hard just, I'm, I'm realizing just being up here today, because you don't realize how sad it really is for me. I ain't really, you know, slowly it's been becoming more realistic. Like, I'm going to be away from a lot of people. We've been here for 10 years. You know, we moved back out here in 2009. So it's a little, we have built friendships and, and, and community. So it's going to be tough. But I know God's in it, and so we can be confident to, to move forward in it. Um, and I know God will provide, so I, I know that he's in charge. He's, he's sovereign, so we, we, ha- we have confidence in that. Um, one of the things I did want to 
kind of share with you guys is, is um, just kind of through my um, study, I've been going to 1 Corinthians, and, and the Lord was kind of showing me something for myself that I just want to share with you guys also. Um, and the reality that we all serve different purposes within the body of Christ. Um, and, and, you know, some people are called to go overseas. Some people are called to stay here. Some people have different, we, don't, we have all different ministries. And, and, uh, and life is not stat- static. It's, not, it's, not, it's moving. It's constantly um, changing. And, and, and one thing we can count on is that God is not changing, right? He, he, he is the same. Um, and however our lives change, he's, he remains the same, and we can be confident in, in him. Um, but what I'd like to read from is, uh, I'm going to just read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. And keep in mind that this passage of Scripture is Paul's addressing um, the idea of matrimony, being married versus being single. Um, but I also believe that it, you, as, you, as I read it, you'll understand, I think, a little more. It, it, I, I do believe it applies to many of life's situations. Um, so starting at verse 17, it says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and, not to, which God, and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let, let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which God has, was called. In, in which, wait a minute. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Where were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can, gain your freedom, avail yourself the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord was as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him remain with God. Um, and so as I was reading that, I realized first that what Paul is trying to say here is the most important thing, regardless of your circumcision, uncircumcision, when you're married or single, is that you obey the commandments of God, right? Which are love the Lord, your God, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? You encapsulate the law of the Lord in that. And so I just want us to be, fo- I just want to charge us, let us be focused on obeying the Lord. Let us be focused on being a blessing and loving our neighbor. Um, when I was in uh, Calvary Chapel, one of the things that I found in, re- in reflection through this, I realized, you know, I, I really focused on kind of assimilating to the culture around me. And to like the appearances of the people, because um, when I got there, it was very different from where I came from, and 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 being um, 
a Hispanic man among predominantly white people. It was like, okay, how am I going to fit in here? And in retrospect, I realized I went about it the wrong way. I was going about it in a worldly sense. Um, and, and I think that what I'm saying today is that we just need to you know, be who God created us all differently. We're unique. We're, in Florida, you, we have a unique situation where we have people from all over the country. And as you know, if you get to talk to some of the people, we have our differences, although they may not be as, as far different from the people across the, the, um, the pond, so to speak. But they are a little different. And so you see the differences. But, you know, be the way that God created you. And, and obey him, obey him, love him, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think that if we focus on those things, we'll find that uh, we're honoring the Lord and, and just glorifying him um, in, in this world. You know, I do believe that God uses the diversity in this world to reach the world so that people can see that there's other people like them that are in Christ so that the gospel can be promoted. Not so a culture can be promoted, but the gospel is what matters. The gospel is what gives life. So um, just embrace it. Embrace who you are and, and choose to obey the Lord. And uh, on that note, I'd like to call up Pastor Pilgrim. And if you guys have questions about my move, please feel free to, to um, ask me as well. Thank you. Yes, please pray for Marcos. Um, and also, the Patriots didn't make it past the first round, so um, pray for that. So, you know, last week I didn't have my mic on. This week my iPad's not up here, so I don't know if someone took it. Uh, someone doesn't want me to share the vision for, uh, for oh, here it is, right here. <laughs> so I've been given 10 minutes. I'm going to go about 45. And um, you guys good? You guys good so far? All right, awesome. Uh, so I have the privilege uh, of kind of sharing what is ahead for us in 2020, and I am very excited. Um, thank you, Pastor Micah and Marcos, for sharing. And um, to do um, justice to looking ahead, we look to the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, please very quickly turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Our vision is not based on our own desire. It's not based on our wisdom. It's based on the unchanging Word of God. So this morning we look ahead to 2020, and to do that, we look to the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 6, uh, we're going to be starting around verse 19. We're not exactly sure who wrote Hebrews, but it reads kind of like a sweeping sermon with the theme throughout it being that, that Jesus is better. He's better than the angels. He's better than the high priest. He's better than the Old Testament sacrifices. He's the true and better lamb who takes away the sin of the world forever. And so the writer of Hebrews wants to encourage a group of believers who have been kind of beaten and battered. They've gone through persecution. They've gone through trouble. And so he's encouraging them to press on and keep their eyes on Jesus no matter what they're enduring. So we had the opportunity last year of looking at the theme of running with endurance. And many of us today can say that was an appropriate theme. We ran with endurance, but we kept our eyes on Jesus. And so one word stands out both to the church which originally read this letter that we call Hebrews, and I think this word will stick out to us as well as we thought about last year endurance and now this year. Look at verse, starting in verse 18. 
It says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. It says in verse 17 that God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, and he guaranteed it with an oath. So two things God is proving by himself. He's proving first by his character, his unchanging character, and secondly, his promise. And we've just sang it, and it was just mentioned by Pastor Marcos, but, but God's character does not change. We call it theologically the immutability of God, the fact that God does not change. His character doesn't change. We know this from Malachi 3.6 and from James 1.17. God does not change. But he also mentions that his promises don't waver. So whatever God has promised, uh, he will bring it to pass. Now, I've realized this, that a promise that I make is only as powerful as my ability to, to keep it or my knowledge when I gave it. In other words, my promise is limited by my knowledge and by my ability, my, by my power. So I could tell my kids, hey guys, I'll be home by 6 p.m. for dinner. I'll absolutely be there. But that promise is based on my limited power. In other words, if I get stuck in traffic, I don't have the power to, I wish I did, to move vehicles out of the way and make it home by 6 p.m. But it's also limited to my knowledge. So at the time I made the promise, I may not have known that the road I hoped to take was closed at that time due to an accident. So our promises are limited. You may have made a promise to someone, but it was limited at that time uh, by your knowledge and power. But see, God is infinite in his knowledge and his power. So when God promises something, he has nothing that limits his ability or his knowledge to keep that promise. And we know it's impossible for God to lie. So the writer of Hebrews says that we have fled for refuge to Jesus and we might now have strong encouragement. And that's a special type of encouragement. It's a deep abiding encouragement to hold fast. Notice to what? He says to the hope that is set before us. When he says we hold fast, I would say that is so 2019. <laughs> we, we held fast and we endured. But what are we to hold fast to? It's one word. It's in verse 19. He says it is the hope that enters into the inner place. So he mentions that it's an anchor. And the anchor is truly our hope. It's our hope in Jesus. So I'm excited to announce that our theme for 2020 here at Shoreline is the phrase unshaken hope. That we would have a hope in Christ that is not shaken. And that means that we're gonna go through maybe continual trials this year, but we're not gonna be shaken in the midst of it. The word hope is often misunderstood. So we say things like, you know, I hope that the Yankees pull it off this year. I hope that they do that. Um, I, I hope that they have some donuts left at the restaurant. I just hope. But again, that hope is tied to a lack of knowledge and power. And that sounds like the word wish. But listen, church, the word hope in the scriptures is not wishful thinking. It's a resolute certainty that God and his word will never change. So this hope doesn't get bogged down in circumstantial swing of trials and problems and inconveniences. In the midst of difficulty, true hope keeps a watchful eye on the horizon 
and knowing that any moment the winds can change. True hope is genuine, and it can't be conjured up with false pretenses. It comes from the God of hope, the God who does not change. And so um, looking at this idea of hope, there's three aspects I want to encourage us with this morning. And I'll put them on the screen for you. We'll skip ahead, Chris. The first one is the fact that this hope is an anchor. Did you notice that in verse 19? Now, you don't need an anchor when the seas are calm. You need an anchor um, not when the waters aren't moving. You just sit still. But when the waters are moving you and it's difficult, that's when you need an anchor. Spurgeon said this, hope itself is like a star, not to be seen in the sunshine of prosperity and only to be discovered in the night of adversity. So the writer of Hebrews explains that we have a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And it's a hope that enters into the inner place. So as we look ahead to 2020, our hope is secure. It's, it's sure. But the second thing I want to point out is that um, this hope has a forerunner. And the forerunner was a military reconnaissance man. A forerunner is someone who went ahead of you and knows that others are going to follow them. They go to scout out ahead of time and they invite others to follow. And so our forerunner has gone ahead of us and thus there's hope set before us. So this morning we can rest in the faith that Jesus is leading the way. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of a church where the leadership is submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. In other words, where there's not top-down domineering pastors, that we trust and submit to Jesus, our chief shepherd, our senior pastor. Uh, our shepherds, our elders are under shepherds who submit to Jesus and who are led by the counsel of the word of God and the spirit of God. So as we look ahead to 2020, our hope is sure, but because Jesus is our forerunner, our hope is secure. But there's one more aspect to our hope, and that's number three, that our hope has been secured by our perpetual high priest. Jesus, he says, is behind the curtain, not in a creepy Wizard of Oz kind of way, like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. No, to be behind the curtain means to be in the temple, in the most holy place, in the very presence of the Shekinah, the glory of God. And so this hope is led by a forerunner who's gone there to be in the presence of the Father. It's not a dead hope. It's not a hope divorced from God. It's an intimate, personal, spiritual reality. So this is a hope for our soul. Jesus is our great and perpetual high priest. And so we no longer need additional mediators. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And Jesus today is interceding for us. He's standing before the Father on our behalf, and he pleads the merit of his blood for those of us who have repented and trusted in his grace. And so what I want to do just very briefly is look ahead at 2020 and know that our hope is not material, but our hope is spiritual, it's secure, and it's sure. And that should ignite our joy, right, and our rest, our faith, as we lean upon him this year. So what does that mean for us at Shoreline? It means as we look ahead, we have some goals for the year. We have some things we want to see improve. You guys ready for this? We good? So if you want to jot these down, we want to remind ourselves of these at the end of this year in the beginning of 2021, which is hard to believe that that's next year. As we get, begin a new year and a new decade, this year we really want to focus on a few things. The first one is defining, or I'm sorry, upgrading our facility. Now we've talked about by Easter 2020, we want to say he is risen indeed in a new facility. 
in a facility that's new for us. So we have a few ideas in the works that we've been praying through. And we all know this, that our time at the YMCA is been, it's been great. It's been very special. It's, we've been here for five years. Um, yesterday was our five-year anniversary. It's hard to believe. But as we look ahead at something, we want to look at something we can expand into. We've talked about a dedicated space, and that's still something we're praying about. But our desire is ultimately not just property, and we've said that. It's not just to have real estate. Our desire is to do more ministry, to have more room, more flexibility, more opportunity. And those three things, room, flexibility, opportunity, are limited here at the Y. Uh, It's been a blessing, but we're limited. We've talked about adding more chairs. We have nowhere to put them. We have nowhere to store them. Uh, So we'd love to add more chairs to to reach more people. We can't. Uh, And so there's some things we're limited in our kids' ministry and spaces. We've hit the wall. And so though we love our partnership with the YMCA, we have been praying and we believe that this year uh, some doors are going to be opening for a next step as we continue to pray for our future. Does that get you excited? That gets me excited. I can't wait. So we will share some of, those, uh, some of the news of that soon. Secondly, we want to see beyond the property, beyond the facility, we want to see, secondly, what does it mean to be committed to a church? We want to define what commitment means at Shoreline this year. Sometimes there's ambiguity about what it means to be a Shoreliner. And so we want to clear up the ambiguity to say this is what it means to be a part of this church what the elders expect, what the leaders desire, what the word of God teaches about what it means to be a member of a church. And so we want to do this to the glory of God and for the benefit of others. We want to define commitment this year, what it means to be a part of the church. And we have some plans on organizing that in 2020. Uh, Number three, we want to see, as we've already begun, uh, to see a renewed focus on prayer. We began last week with a sermon on prayer and a prayer meeting. We have a new men's prayer meeting that meets every Wednesday at 6 a.m., bright and early. Maybe not bright, but early uh, at the port. Uh, Men come out for coffee and prayer. We're going to have more nights of worship and prayer. And it's my hope that starting soon, I haven't even mentioned this to you yet, but it's my hope that starting soon on Sunday morning, we can have a, a time of dedicated prayer before the gathering. Uh, And so we acknowledge that all of the work that's happening here is God's work. And so we want to join him in prayer to seek his will for our community. So look for that. Be praying about how you can be involved in praying. A lot of people don't know we have a prayer wall on Facebook. If you ever have a prayer need, you can share it there. And if you want to pray for those needs, you can join that. Uh, And that's an awesome opportunity. Not only that, but it's our desire... Uh, Number four, to expand our ministry to children. We have an amazing kids ministry, and our kids director, Michael David, is literally one of the best ever. And so let's give him a hand. We love Michael David. Uh, We would love to do more to impact the kids in our community. I was reading this week, just in Manatee County, of the 395,000 people in Manatee County, 19% of them are under 18. And so we believe we can do more to evangelize and to disciple our kids. And we want 2020 to be a year where we think about the kids' ministry, our children's ministry being a a major priority. And so to answer that need, we are looking for more people who are passionate about teaching, about evangelism, and who love to have fun sharing the gospel. If that describes you, you may be a good fit for uh, serving with our kids. So we want to do more to serve our kids and to do more to bless them. Not only that, but as, as we mentioned, Marcus and his family will be moving. Um, that has kind of ignited the need, the urgency of training and appointing more leaders. 
Um, and so we're praying and we're planning to add more leaders this year. And so that means we've back engineered an intentional leadership training and we'll be investing in more men in our church who show an interest in being an overseer. Uh, so raise your hand. No, I won't do that. Uh, we obviously identify you, but 1 Timothy 3 says you should desire this. And if you desire this, then it's a noble task. And so the priority is high this year. It's something we're always actively doing, but the priority is high this year. Uh, Micah mentioned this, but we want to do more missions training this year with Engage Global. And that was one of the highlights of my year last year, was going to Minneapolis. Uh, and I was so radically impacted. I don't know if I'll ever read my Bible or look at the globe the same way. And that's me. I think that all of us can have that opportunity to go and be radically impacted. So we'd love to have more opportunities to be trained in what a global Christian looks like. And that's going to start with our leaders. But we want everyone in this church to have the opportunity to go and spend a weekend in Minneapolis. Not in the winter, though. <laughs> we'll do it in the summer. Uh, not only that, but it's always our desire, and we want to highlight again this year, to equip marriages and parents. We are passionate here at Shoreline about our families. And we want to see husbands and moms and wives and dads equipped with the gospel to love and serve their families well. So we look ahead to 2020 for lots of resources to equip our families. One of the things that you have brought to our leaders' attention a lot lately is the desire to do more local outreach. So I'm excited to say that that is happening this year. We have a team in the works who's going to be rolling out some new local opportunities for us bless those in need in our community. And I'm excited to minister to the ends of the earth, but also um, to minister to those right in our own backyard. So if you're passionate about helping take care of people uh, and, and their tangible needs and to point them to the gospel, um, this year I believe we're going to have lots of opportunities to do that. So I'm excited about that. Uh, finally, uh, one of the things I'm excited about is partnering with what we're now calling the Gospel Forum. We have a few local churches we mentioned a moment ago, and we are partnering together with the pastors and some lay leaders to um, build a ministry called the Gospel Forum. This is going to be an opportunity and a resource where there's podcasts and blog articles and events to equip the local church um, here locally to become a healthy church. And so we want to be a resource locally and globally. And so we'll keep everyone up to date when this is kind of rolling out. Um, but I really think it's impossible to reach an entire region with just a church. I think we need a network of like-minded churches who are um, hoping to advance the gospel with unity. So I'm excited about the gospel forum. And there's a lot more that God wants to do. I just want to highlight those for sake of time. Uh, but as we close, I want to invite our worship team forward. We're going to close with a new song, and it's kind of our theme song for 2020. And I want to put the words on the screen so you can see some of them. The title of the song is uh, Christ the Sure and Steady Anchor. It says, in the fury of the storm, when the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn, in the suffering and the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold fast to the anchor. It will never be removed. And here's what the chorus boldly affirms. It says, Christ, the sure of our salvation, ever faithful, ever true, we will hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. Amen. As we look ahead this year, no matter what's ahead, let's hold fast to the hope that's set before us, Christ the sure and steady anchor. My prayer is that we have an unshaken hope this year as we trust God for a future facility, as we trust God for future ministry, and as we trust him for future grace 
as he continues to build his kingdom here for his glory and for our good. So let's stand together. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing the words of this song together. Lord, we're excited about the blessing that you've given us this past year, but we don't want to continue to look behind, but to strive towards what is ahead. And so, Lord, we pray as we look ahead at this new year with new challenges, with new obstacles, with new opportunities, with new difficulties, with new ministry, Lord, we ask that you would be that unshaken hope, that you would be the forerunner, the one who goes beyond and behind us, that we'd be able to fix our eyes on you, our great high priest. We know that there's no other way to heaven, there's no other mediator between God and man except the man Christ Jesus. So we look to you today, Lord, for our hope. We, as we worship and close the service today in song, that this would be our anthem, that you are our hope, not more money, more selfish desires being fulfilled, but this year that, our, that Christ truly is our resolution and our hope. We love you and we commit this time of worship to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Shoreline Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Lakewood Ranch YMCA. You can get more content and more information by visiting thisisshoreline.com. If you have any questions or any prayer needs, please don't hesitate to email us at info at calvaryshoreline.com. God bless you.